0: Hi everyone, welcome to Pockets, a podcast exploring the pockets of movies and life. My name is Jennifer Miller, and I'm joined by my wonderful friend Fabian.
1: Hi, I'm Fabian Ojeda, and uh, I'm so happy to be here. This is my first
0: time doing this. It's very exciting. It's going to be fun, my love. Well, just so you know, we are old friends who wanted to indulge ourselves by hosting our own podcast. Hopefully, we'll be able to make you laugh, maybe think about some things differently, and bring some levity to your day. We will mostly discuss our mutual love of movies, but we also want to explore the other things in life.
1: Well, you know, like the name of this, pockets, sometimes, you know, doing laundry, you don't know what you're going to find in that pocket. It could be a treasure. It could be lint. (laughs) You never know. Anything in between. I like finding money in my in my pockets. So <laughs> I kind of like, I think pockets is kind of appropriate.
0: I do too. I like it a lot. So we figured we would start our little podcast with some odd stories from around the world. And we're going to give some insight into the oddities happening all over the place. Our first story involves a Cape Cod diver who was swallowed whole and spit out by a humpback whale. In 2021, Michael Packard was swallowed by a whale. It was a humpback that accidentally swallowed him in one huge gulp. For 30 to 40 seconds, he struggled to escape the whale's mouth and wondered if he would be swallowed whole. But then the whale started to shake its head. Packard felt himself zoom toward the surface, and just like that, he was free. All right, so I need to just start by saying my fear of the ocean as it is, just standing knee-deep, I'm terrified of anything that could happen. My biggest fear would be to be swallowed whole by something.
1: I agree that does sound very fearful if it was a shark.
0: But I got to say,
1: being swallowed by a whale, (laughs) a whale is 30 to 40 seconds is not a long time to... It, maybe it felt like an eternity to him because you know I don't know, but honestly, eh, I don't know. I'm not this. this he, just, he
0: wasn't in any pain. He no, said, you "No, know, of course it's just, all
1: blubber. It's all blubber and soft in there. Bristles. He probably got a great I facial. Picture, like, the
0: inside of a turtle's mouth is that horrifying? Yeah, well,
1: they have both weird. I don't know yeah, what kind of whale, but if he had bristles and whatnot, he probably got a really good cleaning. <laughs> you know, a good. I don't know. I'm this one. I'm. Eh, if it had been a shark that he escaped from, I'd be very well,
0: impressed. there would be blood. There will be there blood. There would be blood. There should be blood. <laughs> All right. The next story. I'm happy for him. I'm happy yes. that he has this story to tell.
1: That's true. It's a great story to tell. Not many people can tell that. So it's good. All right. Good for him. All right. Good for him. Good for him.
0: All right. Number two, our second uh, oddity from around the world. The headline was, woman wakes up to find she can't hear men but can still hear women fascinating right off the bat <laughs> that is the i'm in 500 keep
1: going please
0: a woman from china recently awoke to find that she couldn't hear any male voices mm-hmm. including that of her boyfriend while still being able to hear female voices according to the daily mail the woman identified only as chen had experienced ringing in her ears, as well as nausea the night before. But things got worse the following morning when she couldn't hear her boyfriend's voice. Okay, (laughs)
1: before you go any further, because you're gonna go further and you're gonna have an explanation probably, a medical explanation, but I'm just gonna say, my first instinct, somebody says this, how many times have we not done this with our men? (laughs) Ringing in the ears, nausea from shit that they say, seriously. I love it, don't you? And you just wish, God, I wish he would just shut up. I hate to say it, but we do. We do. It's inevitable. You live with someone long enough. It's like, God, I wish he would just shut up. So psychologically, you would just shut that out and it makes sense. Or she's so traumatized by something horrible he might have said the night before that she no longer can hear him. That was my I'm initial uh,
0: instinct. For I'm 100% sure. with you because yeah. I'm just like, Sounds like it's a little convenient Yeah, more than medical. You know what I mean? I might
1: adapt this. I
0: might
1: (laughs) do my own version of this.
0: All right. So (laughs) things grew only stranger when she was then rushed to a local hospital and found that she could hear the voice of the female specialist but still couldn't hear other male voices. She was able to hear me when I spoke to her, but when a young male patient walked in, she couldn't hear him at all, the doctor said. The doctor soon diagnosed Chen with reverse slope hearing loss, an extremely rare condition in which patients become unable to hear low frequency sounds like those of deeper male voices, while retaining the ability to hear higher frequency sounds like those of female voices, except for Kathleen Turner. Go.
1: She would have zero problem (laughs) hearing me. Like, absolute, I have a higher voice than you do. I, she would hear everything I have to say. That's the first thing I thought of, like, oh, my God. She would totally hear me. She, so she could basically hear other women. But no men. And gays like me, for sure, <laughs> with this voice that never, never matured, never became a man's voice. <laughs> That's fascinating. But I
0: do think it is really fascinating. It it's is. Like it's fascinating. The, the weird things that can you know, change a person's ability to hear somebody well, like that's just know, out of the
1: my husband um is wearing hearing aids now he has hearing aids because he has lost a lot of hearing and there are things that i can hear perfectly perfectly zero for him oh, zero that's a shame. so i understand the whole thing yeah that it's possible oh for sure right i just find it fascinating that and really lucky <laughs> that she can't hear men but she can hear women so she can hang out with all her girlfriends all she wants the men Not so much. Not so much. She is so freaking lucky.
0: She is so, right? You're on fire. Oh, she's so lucky. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. So that was our first segment of our pilot podcast for Pockets. We're now going to be moving to the movie section. Fabian, my favorite thing in the world is to be at parties and discuss our mutual love of movies.
1: And TV. And TV. You're right. All of it. TV shows. Yes, I mean we grew up with so many amazing TV shows. Oh my gosh! And sometimes you're the only human being in a room of fifty people who will absolutely know what I'm talking about when it's a show about 1973.
0: And likewise, no one else will. Yes,
1: know. and it's I love being seen and heard by someone, oh. and you're you fit that bill perfectly.
0: I love that, Fabian. Gosh, I almost want to bring up Charlie's Angels. you mm-hmm. want to talk about them for a minute before? Any <laughs> time, any time, anything. Who do we want to talk about?
1: Do you want to talk about Tiffany Wells? Or do you want to talk about Jill or Chris Monroe? Or do you want to talk about Kelly Garrett or Sabrina Duncan? I, I can tell you all of was them. Was Tiffany
0: Wells Cheryl Ladd?
1: No. Who was
0: Tiffany Wells?
1: Tiffany Wells was Ms. Shelly Hack.
0: (gasps) I remember that season. Remember Shelly? She was
1: the Charlie girl. She was the Charlie wasn't it Charlie Perfume?
0: Charlie perfume? Yeah, with the long legs. I remember the pin like the pinstriped
1: summer suit. And the whole thing with her, she only lasted, I think, one season. Yeah. Because she couldn't run. She couldn't she couldn't do anything active.
0: So she was sedentary or just incapable of She was just incapable of
1: (laughs) being active enough for a Charlie's angel who had to be, you know. On the run, chasing people or pulling a gun out of her gun fast enough. No, she couldn't do any of that.
0: All right. So I loved the first season for obvious reasons. I mean, iconic. Angels and Chains. That's it. That's all that's, we need.
1: That's it.
0: That's all we need. That's,
1: that's it. it. The flare jeans. Oh, the denim shirt. God. <laughs> the thin waists. Oh, my God. And the three of them together running through swampland. Nothing better. It was heaven for a gay boy like me. For an, I think I was 11. It was pure heaven. I, I could have I been did. Pedro Almodovar at that moment. Seriously. Iconic. Incredible. I knew it in the moment that it was something iconic.
0: I had, um, remember the stickers back in the day? Yeah. You would get, And I had Kelly on the <gasps> bottom of my mirror. So oh, I saw God. her every day. I oh. was a big fan of Kelly.
1: Well, she is the one. Look at the one. She's
0: ageless. She is ageless.
1: That's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic, but you know, I have to give you one little story about Jacqueline Smith. Yes, Kelly Garrett. Okay. We had had friends Thanksgiving the weekend after Thanksgiving. This was years ago, before edibles were legal. Okay. I had pot cookies. It was on a Saturday. I had to go into work. Plum Goods had just opened. I had to go in on Sunday. I was still a little bit stoned. I was not used to this. I end up. I met. I walk up to the register. The, girl that was working was helping somebody and i look up and i'm like am i hallucinating and i said Ms. Jacqueline smith and she says yes <laughs> with that incredible voice of hers oh my gosh and i was speechless for about two seconds because i thought i was hallucinating i really did
0: that's a dream come true it really was,
1: but it was really surreal and the only thing i could say was I just want you to know that you uttered my favorite line on a television show ever. And she said, Oh, what was that? I said, Well, in the episode, you are in your car and you have a phone that has a cord that's in the console. I of remember your car. the car. I remember the cord. And a and bomb the phone. ticking under the car. And you're on the phone yes. with Bosley. And you say, Bosley. Bosley, Bosley, Bosley says, Careful out there, Angel. And you say, Every day and every way. <laughs> what did she do? She looked at me like, Can I have my bag and my change, no. please? Thank you. It was kinda like, Oh, thank you. And oh, then it's like that's
0: disappointing. Well,
1: yeah, it was a little much it was a little much. Well, I mean this she was
0: she should be a little somebody from. She was, us.
1: but she was really, really ready to go. All she right. was that that All was right. like the cue for her. Like okay. Okay. not the first time that's happened to me. <laughs> not the first time. I wish. I wish. I can tell you the story. The Peter Graves story is, is identical.
0: Peter Graves, the narrator for PBS documentaries? Peter Graves? is Isn't that, his, that his name? No,
1: Mission Impossible, Mr. Oh, Phelps. Oh, Peter Graves! Mr. Phelps. Oh, my gosh. I was obsessed with Mr. Phelps oh, as God. a little boy. The
0: blue eyes.
1: I wanted him to be my daddy in oh. every respect. Seriously, seriously. Daddy issues galore. <laughs> my first boyfriend was an asshole. And I worked at a bank. I quit college, worked at a bank because he thought I should be working. So I worked at a bank in Brentwood. It was one of the first drive-throughs. Wow! I was terrible at it. I'm horrible <laughs> counting money. Terrible. Seriously, ask friends. And the drive-through, it's Peter Graves is in the car right there, get coming in to get to take money out, and I look at him and I am starstruck. Mind you, Brenda Vaccaro. <gasps> I've already seen Brenda Vaccaro, Sally Struthers. We got to go back to Brenda. Go on. I've seen a ton of people, but this is the one that had me really freaked out. So I said, Oh, Mr. Graves, I just want you to know that when I was a little boy, I used to pray every night that I would grow up to have white hair and look just like you. You are my hero. And he looked at me oh incredibly disturbed. Oh, my God. And said, Can I have my money? Oh, my God. And that was it. And I'm like, uh huh. Oh, baby. And this wasn't the. This was the drawer where you have to push it. Yes. You push the drawer <laughs> out. He took his money and drove away. That's yeah. brutal. I know, but it was kind of crazy. It, it was wasn't. a little. Bit. You,
0: if somebody, how many stars did they get? I mean, it's a different world. Yeah. Can we go back to Brenda Vaccaro? We need to talk about Brenda. What? What was she like? Please tell. I me didn't she say was anything nice. other than
1: I did my job and that was All it. Right. But the breathing is real. <laughs> hi <gasps> it was that the smoker. it was truly that that was oh real my God. she was really nice walter Mathau, super nice oh. everybody was really nice there were Faith brentwood is, is a so... great branch to work in the bank because I, everybody's super nice you I know can't believe yeah it, it was great well
0: Lucky. let's continue on the star sightings i saw yeah. angie dickinson at jfk
1: <gasps> oh that's a. Classic. This was in oh. the
0: early 80s. It might have been around. What's the Michael Caine movie? Um, oh my God! What's a cool? Oh my God! I'm we were just talking like... about it. The, um, oh the, but...
1: <laughs> 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 the. director of Mission Impossible, the first Mission Impossible. that's going back. He he's Brian he, he, De Palma he, for God's sake. Well, yes. Dress to kill. Dress to kill. Oh my thank God, God! Thank you, Lord. He just really, yes, really, that we would, would have been explode. up all night.
0: it would explode. So I remember my dad. You know, I was already watching old movies back then, and my dad would be like, "Oh God, do I love I that Angie Dickinson is a sexy woman." That's what he would say. My dad loved her too. And I remember that we, you know, we were waiting for the luggage on the carousel, and you know, being twelve and awkward and having no sense of couth, I went in for the bag and like bumped her, and she was so gracious. She was like, "What?" and like kind of looked at me, but just (laughs) smiled at me. But it was amazing. Another time, I was in New York with my family, and um, we're walking down this avenue or boulevard or whatever, and Dudley Moore (gasps) comes walking out to his limousine. Wow. And he's in traffic. Oh, my God. It's Arthur moment. It's a true Arthur moment. He's walking into a fucking limousine. Yes, truly. And I am literally gawking at him, (laughs) and and my mother is like, stop it. What are you doing? I'm like... When am I ever going to see freaking <laughs> Dudley Moore ever again? And the poor man like had his hand over his eyes and is like peeking at me through his fingers like dear god let the light turn to green. It was just oh that's great. amazing. That's great. Yeah, but so, but you but and you've had you've seen other stars too in your work here in Santa Barbara? Oh
1: yeah. Oh all the time. I've been really lucky. You know what? A funny one working at the bank drive-through was Meg Tilly. Wait. No, I hear she's wait, nice. Two, wait, two sisters. Wait,
0: Meg, Meg and, and wait the big busted one.
1: I'm talking about Meg Tilly, the one who disappeared off the face of the earth. The one, the one that, was that in did the, the, the big Jane Chill.
0: Fonda nun story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the big yeah. Chill.
1: Well, she was nominated for the Jane Fonda thing at that point, right when she drove through my drive-through. She she was oh, the nomination that, that Yeah, she was nominated for that, and I just speaking to
0: Agnes was that the name of it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Something about Agnes. As you told me. So, yeah, something and, and yeah. Bancroft.
0: Is Anne Bancroft was Anne Bancroft in that Anne too. Yes, Anne Bancroft. Fucking
1: crap, who was also a client at that bank. Oh God,
0: don't, no, don't. <laughs> yeah. you saw oh, Anne Bancroft Anne, in
1: real life. I saw Anne Bancroft in real life at a hair salon because I used to be the receptionist I'm at dead. a hair salon in Brentwood. I'm dead. That she used to go in. Which tell me, the first boyfriend, was nice. the first boyfriend that made me quit college, worked at that fucking hair salon, and he was her hairdresser. It's it's. Crazy, it's crazy. Anyway, um, Meg Tilly, kind and sweet as can be. Aww. When I said congratulations on your nomination, she immediately opened her glove compartment and signed an autograph picture and put it in the little oh drawer God. and sent it back. So sweet, like nice. her big
0: chill character. Absolutely, yet. and it's she did nice. drop off. She disappeared. Where the the her other sister
1: one... all of a sudden became it.
0: Yeah, she and the poker she, she's a poker player, very yeah, successful. She's great. She's, she's really she's funny. Funny and great. Yes. I
1: mean Woody Allen movies. I mean, she was yes. great in in oh my God, bound with Gina Gershon. Do not <gasps> Oh yes. Oh what oh, a movie. Yes. Even I was titillated. Gina I would have Gershon. had sex with Gina Gershon on the spot.
0: Serious. Sheena Gershon was one sexy. Oh my God, that woman! woman. She still is. She yeah, is I agree sexy. with you. She I is agree. Sexy. Yeah. Oh, Fabe.
1: What about you? I mean, have you met no, someone? You, a celebrity? Have you met a celebrity and they were gracious and nice and kind? Where you just said something, "Love your work" or anything like that? I never
0: had the courage. Um, I was at work in White Plains, New York, once, and Jesse Norman, who is a famous opera singer. And I love opera, so I recognize her immediately. and I just, I just become like a, a stone, and I yeah. can't say anything. Yeah. But then I hid behind the pillars in the <laughs> plaza, staring at her, and she kept turning back, looking at me. <laughs> so instead of saying anything, I look like a terrible stalker. I saw a pagoda. Is that is that the last? <laughs> at an art, at a like a high school art fair oh in like northern New Jersey, God. in the bowels of northern oh New my Jersey. God. And he was just, you know, he looked just like the Godfather, Abe. Like, now was he there showing his work or there for somebody else's work? I'm sure it was like a grandkid or something. Yeah. Wow. But I've never had the courage to actually.
1: I've gotten better about it. My lip, my lip
0: quivers and it starts to spasm and I look like Elvis (laughs) and it's obvious because it happened once and I asked my husband, "Can you tell it's happening?" And he's like, "Yes, you can." (laughs) So I tend not to, but I love your source. Anne Bancroft was cool, at least. Wonderful, oh, I'm sure. So cool, so oh my gosh. cool. She
1: was a cool, cool lady. Oh my gosh! Really cool, down to earth, cool. Just
0: awesome. Um, Dick
1: Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke, well, kindest, kindest counts, man in the world. The, he
0: was just. I just saw today. He was waving at people from Disneyland on <laughs> so the balcony. Nice. Oh yeah. no, he
1: is the kindest man, and he loves getting compliments. You see um, him? Well, he he's. You it see up. him? You tell him how great he is. He and will he love will it. He will eat it yeah. up. He's a good one. He's, He's great. God bless. Eighty
0: thousand yeah. years, years old. God bless. I know. Um, I could go on and on no, about our sightings, that's, and that might be every segment we can yeah, do sightings. Of course. But I want to so ask, ask you of sightings. I love it. Okay. Um, I was thinking about it earlier before we met. Like, if I had to pick my favorite, and of course, you know, I love my Audrey Hepburn, and you know, Breakfast Tiffany's is wonderful. But like, my in my opinion, one of the best. Old movies is is Sunset Boulevard. It is, it's, it's just classic, classic. It's gorgeous. When you watch it, you can stop, it's, it's pause, every scene. Yes.
1: Any scene is art. Yes. You pause it, that moment on screen is art. It's so beautifully filmed, shot, acted. It's
0: classic. It's perfect. It's, it's perfect. M- a perfect. It, in my opinion, it's movie. like The Godfather, like it's from yeah. start to finish yeah. perfect. Yeah. William yeah. Holden, yeah. Gloria Swanson. Yeah. Who is the um who Who is the Hollywood head that showed up on the scene? The famous one. I'm ready. I'm ready for my close up, Mister.
1: Demille, DeMille. Se- Cecil D. Did, Demille. I
0: think didn't he show up on the? No, did he? It Was one of the Hollywood guys. I'm not remembering It's it right really now, interesting but...
1: that this is a movie
0: that I've seen once one time I think I've seen it twice Isn't and yet we have such a memory of Isn't it. it no it because it makes that kind of impact now I've never seen Citizen Kane have you seen that I have seen Citizen Kane should I you shall. go for it yeah okay absolutely because my husband wants to see it too
1: that is a movie you can pause any scene and it is pure art you could you can take a photograph of your television screen pause it take a picture print it and you can hang that on your wall and people say oh, that is amazing art it's gorgeous, beautiful. I
0: just saw a video. Who was the funny Chris from SNL, the heavy guy that passed? Chris Farley. I was on a flight with him once. Chris Farley did Orson Welles. He came out. No, it was John Candy. John Candy came (laughs) up. John Candy came out as Orson Welles. I'm going to find the video I just saw it the other day. Tell me about your experience seeing... Chris Farley? Yes. Poor guy. I
1: think it was just a year before he died just happened to be on an airplane. We had we were lucky enough to get on first class, first and only time I've been on a first class flight. Dave's my husband's uh, aunt, worked for the airline, got us a bump up, and he was there, and he was just sweaty, sweaty, sweaty. God bless. Yeah, not good.
0: I remember I lived in Madison, Wisconsin, and I worked in Middleton, and that is where Chris grew up, was Middleton, really? Wisconsin. And uh, yeah, like people would talk about, uh, there was this restaurant across the street from where I worked, and Chris who had always gone there apparently before. So this is, see Fabian, you actually meet them. My claim to fame is eating where they (laughs) ate. Okay, Um, all right, what 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 is your example of what you think is one of the perfect old movies?
1: There are so many. You know, my sister just texted me the other day asking if I've ever seen A Patch of Blue.
0: Oh, Sydney Portier and the oh, Blind Girl, Shelley Winters, yes, the mother, the yes. whore, the whore,
1: the whore of the of the Blind Girl.
0: Oh, is my mother from, from the blind Bronx? Actress?
1: actress that she wasn't really blind, but you no, know what happened no, to her? No, what happened to her? In 1980 something, she jumped out of
0: her window no. in
1: in New York and killed herself. Is that just tragic? I knew it was tragic. I remember reading about it a long time ago. But when my sister asked, "Have you ever seen this movie?" I'm like, "Are you kidding?" Pineapple sodas. I always think of this movie he would bring her pineapple sodas remember she used to make jewelry in the park she'd have a little kid. i remember the park
0: scene to make
1: yeah. jewelry and he would bring her pineapple soda and just her excitement over that pineapple soda and then i just i told that's, her you know i'm pretty sure she had a, not a very good ending in her life and it wasn't a very good ending is so, that's so interesting but that isn't a all-time favorite movie but when i was a kid it's one of the first movies i can remember crying to on my own, where I was by myself crying to this movie, and it really affected me, like really touched me. Same,
0: Fabian. I was a young teenager when I watched that yeah. movie, and of course anything that Sidney Portier was in, because yeah. I feel like he was so watchable. Just the other, about like three weeks ago, uh, I showed my husband for the first time in the heat of the night.
1: I have never seen it. I know,
0: I know, I know. Well, same. We're going to have movies that we yeah. haven't seen. It's incredible so that I've never seen incredible. it. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Rod Sterling. He plays a jackass to perfection, but not just a jackass because he does have some redemption to him. Um, Do you remember where the boys are? Connie Francis. I never
1: saw the movie, but I saw Connie Francis sing it in person, which is crazy because you think I'm not that old. I'm old, but I'm not that old. In the 80s, Connie Francis had a huge comeback in the 80s. I remember it because I remember it well. there was like a disco version of where the boys are a dance version yes and so in West Hollywood she, they booked her to come and sing at Studio 1 in West Hollywood and we all sat there and watched her wow. you know sing where the boys are where little
0: the boys are. I love that song the, the blonde in that movie Hollywood was too much she went and became a nun and she went in the cloisters here. In no. New York, oh. uh, on uh, along the Henry Hudson Parkway, above the cliffs is a is a cloister. What well, was at least I think, um, a cloistered nun wow. convent, and that's wow. where she was. I could be making that part up. Maybe I just envisioned her with the cloisters, but I like she became it. An, I'm
1: sticking <laughs> with that. For me, she will always be in the cloisters. <laughs> wow, well, she went from maybe having sex with Frankie Avalon and.
0: Yeah. And you know, fading to, to to just nunnery. Yeah,
1: nunnery. Nunnery. I'll
0: have nunnery. I'll have none of it. <laughs> Me um, um, I was just gonna say another movie and it just flew out of my mind. Any any other movie that you can think of that like kind of left an impact or that you feel like was just really special.
1: Well, I mean, I think the the thing that the, the patch of blue brought up is the first movies I ever cried to, the first movie yeah. I can remember crying to and not understanding why I was crying. I couldn't, I couldn't, I was too little. I was probably, it was on television and it was early 70s and I don't know why it was already on television, but it was Love Story and it was a big deal that it was televised because my mom, her best friend, all of them watching it. And I might've been crying because they were so upset, but I remember crying and not being able to process this loss that was happening in in this movie. Yeah. And
0: and it is uh, it's an iconic movie. Yeah, I mean and just and love means never having to say your you're song. sorry. But also and but the turtlenecks. I mean what became come
1: on. iconic also was their looks for me. Like I know Ali McGraw, the look that she had in this film yes. to this day, I see a woman walk in with her hair pulled back, parted down the middle, long, I will say you look like a classic American beauty. I will tell that woman Absolutely, every time I it agree. really had it, an impact. Her, in she in her it fashion, was, it, it really was the epitome of the moment. Yeah, the way they dressed, yeah,
0: the dialogue, all of it. It was so of that moment. Ray Milan as the dad, remember? Oh my God! <gasps> I no. always had it bad for Ray Ray wow. the, the Really, un, the uninvited was a movie from like the 40s or 30s where he lives with his sister odd, in, an, in a big <laughs> mansion in England and it's haunted and like, you know, and, I, and that was my he first... He had to be
1: gay and that, that character had to be. No one lives with their sister did, unless In gay.
0: the 40s, they didn't really play it up, you know what I mean? They were like just decent people living yeah, together, yeah. fighting a ghost. But <laughs> <laughs> And my favorite, Columbo, was with uh, Ray Milan. I don't know if you remember him in them no so my uncle my uncle will my godfather william kirk looked remarkably like him and he was over in uh, london in world war ii and you know the they would the american actors would come for the troops and i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. what, yeah, what it yeah, was called perform, yeah and um all of the all of his friends really like, he got to get up on stage and stand next to him and he did. He went up on stage as and a lookalike, st- as his doppelganger. As a doppelganger, wow. is not that great? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He told me oh, that. Oh, wouldn't it be great if somebody had a picture? I know, I know. Not one. Well, they're in war; they wouldn't be carrying a camera.
1: But, but- people carried cameras. World War II, right? We're yes. not talking World War I? World War II. You know what? I'm going to look this up. I'm pretty good at finding <laughs> find shit. It. Gonna
0: find it. I'm going to find
1: it. I would love to. God, it'd be great.
0: All right. Before we move on to our last segment which is going to be about advice. Yeah. I want to ask, I want to just talk a bit because you had educated me on this. For years I did think it was rumors and I just thought it was whatever but I think it's actually true. The Cary Grant Randolph Scott situation. True. So tell me about it. It
1: was true. It was absolutely true. In fact you know I don't know every little detail. I've read it. My memory not so great lately well but i gotta say it was absolutely true they lived together they they really tried to say i don't care about hollywood i don't care about this this is my happiness they really and they to. really lived together and and their agents did everything they could to try one to separate them but knowing that they, that was not going to happen especially year one they would Uh, get reporters to come in and do stories about these two bachelors and how great. I know. There was a whole spread in magazines about the luckiest bachelors, but they couldn't hide how gay they were.
0: And And it was posed. And it was posed. And
1: like one of them cooking in the kitchen, the other one, it's like (laughs) you can come over to my house and see me and my husband. We look just like that. Although we just don't look quite, you know, well, we don't have the cheekbones, and you're they wore shorts. So they wore shorts like they, like oof. nobody's business. They show them one, one of them in the pool, the other one playing I know. basketball. And or the something.
0: polo sweaters, yeah, like, uh, yeah. No, I, I know the spread they, you're talking
1: about. They loved each other. They did, and then it became panic mode. I think for their careers, where they had to, they because
0: had, they were still young. Like this, Carrie is Grant went to
1: marry like his agent secretary, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
0: You but know? he also married that socialite, Betty Hutton. Yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. come I think, on. What what was that about? Betty
1: Hutton probably was married to many many gays. If you think about it, I mean, seriously, that's by the that's looks a of whole, her, you're probably yeah, like, yeah. That's a whole other. It's all convenience, yeah. and it always makes me wonder about Hollywood now and how many of these or are hiding so for convenience. Like some
0: have the courage to come out, like yeah. that beautiful guy with the black hair and blue eyes on that show. Oh, I cannot remember name. Al Pacino. Name. No. <laughs> <laughs> Al, have you seen him lately? God bless. He's no, <laughs> something with the scarves and the black suit and no, the black shirt walking no, but around. But he was Beverly so Hills. great. He
1: really was great in a uh, Once Upon day, a Time. Afternoon. No, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, he played the the agent that was trying to get. He was trying to get the, the, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character to do a spaghetti western, and he was the one who was going to do it. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie, Fabian. I have to go home now. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, we we need to watch this movie together with Sharon Tate.
0: I've not watched it. Sharon Stone.
1: Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate. Oh, the the Brad Pitt. Yes, with Brad Pitt.
0: I can't remember Al Pacino. That was a fantastic movie. It was a great movie. Of
1: course you have. We wouldn't be friends. There's no (laughs) way. I don't
0: remember Al. Al Pacino, yeah, he
1: shows up at the restaurant. They're at a restaurant. He shows up and then then he invites him over to his house to do a, a screening and- you know, he's in it for a but he's instrumental in the career of this character. Okay. Oh, thank God you saw that movie. I really was going to just... Oh. My heart sank. No,
0: I can't. No, I do remember it very well. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Yeah. I think I've watched it twice, actually. Yeah, it was that good.
1: Tarantino yeah. is the shit for me. I love him.
0: He is the violence. This That's why I kind of like this one. It wasn't extreme. I mean, there was some of it, but in, only in short spurts. And it wasn't like... Oh. Remember he did that... Um, I think it was no. Tarantino. Death
1: Proof. Is that the one with the car? where he kills all the girls, including <laughs> Sydney Poitier. Sydney Poitier's never, daughter. I've never
0: seen Death Proof.
1: Sidney Poitier's daughter's in it. Cheryl Ladd's daughter is in it.
0: I don't know this movie. I mean, it's all
1: going back. Charlie's Angel, Sydney Sh- Poitier. Full circle. The two of them are in this film. And it is, I made the mistake of bringing the DVD to a getaway at Cedric Ranch with all lesbians and i said let's watch a movie and this movie is so violent and they kill every single woman is slaughtered oh horribly God. see this is why it went over badly yeah, i would think badly I but would it's think. such a good movie it, right. it's kurt russell kurt russell plays a stuntman he's a stuntman who has a car that is death proof as long as he's in the driver's seat wow, anyone in the Fabian, passenger, passenger
0: ha- seat dies I do not know oh, this freaking movie if you movie. have a DVD player
1: I got the DVD for you all Great right movie.
0: this was Horrible fantastic break. but going Let's back go to back. Charlie's Angels yeah. yeah Chris or Jill favorite go
1: Jill always always and forever Jill
0: I loved Cheryl but I think you're right about no, Jill
1: Jill you know what it was the knees I loved her legs and her knees and I think it's because they were masculine <gasps> I really do. I'm going to leave you with this. I know it's too much info. Nobody wants this. When I was about 11 years old, I used to have dreams that I was, I had remember reading in People magazine that she had a Corvette with fur lining on the inside, pink right. yeah. lining. And I would have dreams about her, like probably my first directions, all of that oh. happening. Seriously. And they were with her and were in the car, and I'm looking at her. And she turns into Lee Majors, and they couldn't understand why that was happening. Oh, Fabian. So it's going to always be oh, Jill for me. Of always. course. Oh. And, and Steve hair. Austin. And Steve Austin.
0: Steve. And Jamie Summers, come on. I, the, my brother and I had, I had the bionic woman. He had the bionic man. We you're were so Irish lucky. twins. You're so lucky. And we just would just all summer long. Oh, you're so lucky. I wrote Jamie
1: Summers, Lindsay Wagner, a 10-page letter. I'm not even kidding. In Argentina. I lived in Argentina. I drew drawings. I did drawings. Oh, I Fabian. begged her. I begged her to send me the doll. Not Fabian. Me majors. I sent, I wanted the Bionic Woman doll. I begged her for one. I remember the envelope was so big because I also had like little cutouts and stuff. Oh, Fabian. And I gave it to my grandfather to mail, which I'm sure he never did. It would have cost probably his whole salary for the month to mail that oh, stupid letter. Babe, but yeah. I wanted that doll so badly. And I finally got it when I was like, 32 so you have it oh yeah good because
0: i was already yeah. thinking i no, was going to no. get you one i, she, all I right. bought
1: one on ebay her hair was a disaster
0: but well i got it out of my and system the, and then steve's doll you know the, yeah, the opening of the it. arms oh yeah yes. her
1: too yeah and her, oh, too. Yeah, her too yeah
0: and she had a little hole is she wearing the blue uh yeah yeah the, that's yeah with the, the rainbow yeah thing yes on that. yes yeah. that's the one i have yeah. oh i so regret not keeping it yeah all right this is our last segment everybody I love you, Fave. I'm having a blast.
1: Me too. I can't believe this is so much fun. All All right.
0: right. Awesome. All right. So for this portion of the show, we call ourselves the Agony Auntie and Uncle, and we respond to anyone seeking advice. Since this is our first show, I kind of had to go on the internet and find actual examples of letters because, you know, no one's writing into us at the moment. So
1: anybody listening have any ideas for us? We love giving advice. Please, write in. I have nothing but advice on any topic, any topic, truly,
0: anything. I love it. Hair length, whatever. Yes, please write in and tell us what you need help on. All right, so the first letter is, Dear Agony Auntie and Uncle, So I am an 18-year-old male, and I'm in my final year of high school. For the past year, my twin brother and I, identical, have been taking showers together. For context, our shower is really big, and it was designed for people with disabilities, and the shower head is long, not good for saving water. So we're far enough apart that we have a good amount of personal space. It started when we were in a hurry to get ready for school one morning. I think I had a math test that day. Odd detail, but thanks. He was in the shower, so I asked if I could get in, and he agreed. We would pretty regularly be in a rush for school. And one of us would have to wait for the other to get out of the shower. So after, this has kind of happened a lot and became a regular occurrence. Even when we were not in a rush, if one of us needs to get in the shower, the other one is ready in there, is already in there, excuse me, and then it's more convenient if if you just get in. Honestly, it's really nice to have a place where we can catch up and chat. He asked me whether showering together made me feel uncomfortable. I said that it didn't. He said it doesn't make him uncomfortable either. Of course, I love my twin brother, but not in a romantic way. Neither of us share romantic feelings or desires toward one another. I haven't seen him hard, nor have he seen me hard. Honestly, it's like showering next to a mirror. Our bodies look the same, and yes, down there looks the same as well. Our parents know, and they don't mind. I've told two of my close friends about it, and they said it was definitely unusual but didn't think there was anything inherently wrong with it. I think I agree with them, but are they right? Is it wrong? I am fully aware that it is unusual. Signed, Twin in New Jersey. What do you think? No, I want you to go first. Well, I'm curious. You know,
1: I can start off with the joke, of course, because although I have daddy issues and for me it's always older men, But the first thing that occurs to me is that these boys could make so much money on OnlyFans if they just film themselves taking a shower. They don't have to do anything. They'd make a mint. They would make a mint. People would pay money for that. Identical twins. But when you read it, while you were reading it, I just kept thinking, how lucky are they? Because one, I have questions for you also but uh, one my first reaction is they're super lucky because it's literally a mirror image yeah. of themselves i get that. And the idea that they can spend that time together completely safely literally as vulnerable as you could be physically right and there's no threat there's no nothing i think it's beautiful i think it's a great thing my question is is it how is it you know if it was two other brothers who are not
0: identical twins would that be weird? I don't think it's that weird. Well, I think the twin thing is a very strong component here. Yeah. Obviously, they're completely comfortable together. He finds great security in them being together. First time I read it, I was like, "Hmm." Yeah. This has some kind of you know, uh, homoerotic. That's thing the going word on, I couldn't find. Sure. Right. But then when I read it again here, maybe it is just two very close brothers just having that t- That time in that place to really connect and bond and then when they leave the shower they have their life and school
1: look you know these they're twins for nine months they were in a shower together they were enough they weren't seeing each other they had no process of it they didn't but they this is like being in a womb as adults
0: that's a really great point there's
1: a little there's it's safe it's a safe spot for the two of them and you know, he's only talking about the things they get, they manage to talk to each other about, you know, catch up. But they can trust each other with anything there. It's literally they can look that as a safe room where they can I love nothing that. is nothing is off limits. They can talk about anything, trust each other with anything. Who wouldn't want that? I with love, a sibling. Who wouldn't want that? That's
0: a really wonderful yeah, point. Yeah, babe. yeah. I think yeah, I was gonna
1: ask you, you know, growing up. Uh, it seems like it's not that unusual, at least in movies and television shows, for girls to take showers together. It's not a big deal. Like, nudity with
0: women is very oh. different with men. Yeah. Women are not as embarrassed, I think, to be nude. I when think you're today, young. like in the 70s, Irish Catholic Bronx family, Yeah, yeah we weren't showing no. our nudity to each other. Even at your all. best
1: friend, you are spending the night at a friend's house. Well, no?
0: one time my friend Barb asked me to show her my junk, and it wasn't sisterly. I quote on, <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, Barb went on for her beautiful life with her love of women. But I, you know, so, but no, never, like very uptight, like Christian, yeah. or I should say Catholic, yeah. more yeah. Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I grew up with brothers. So there is that protection of like, you know, don't. Of course. You never, you know. That's God very, yeah. We did the
1: same with my sister, two yeah. brothers and one sister. Yeah. You know, she immediately had to get her own room. It was basically a closet. Yeah. But <laughs> she had to get her own room. Like, you know, she's going like, to start smelling weird or something. She's 12. <laughs> she better get her own room. Like that kind of thing. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's funny. But I think today you're right. I think uh you know women at gyms and yeah, spas right? and it's I all comfortable well to be honest yeah i can tell you when i'm with my girlfriend today if i have to quick change my shirt i totally not take a my big shirt, girl, right? change in yeah. front of them it's not yeah. a big deal back then absolutely i would never yeah. i would never nor would i me neither. i take like you know a naked hot tub with my husband but i would never ever do that with anyone else yeah. so, so there's still a little yeah. bit of tightness yeah. to that for me, me i'm too. just not free cuz you some know some people what? are really
1: free it's one thing to get dressed and dress in front of somebody another one is to step into a hot tub <laughs> with someone who isn't your spouse seriously that is awkward no matter how close you are with the person that's awkward it is for us
0: and i understand that for some people uh -uh, they're fine with it but i am not that person Uh
1: i am not that you know what you get into a hot tub you're letting go you're gonna just relax right i'm not that relaxed around other people that are not my
0: spouse yes agreed totally agreed. yeah all right second letter and we're going to come to our conclusion all right dear agony auntie and uncle I've been friends with Marianne, in quotes, since high school. I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. My problem stems from her husband, Chris, in quotes. I had only met him once before the wedding. My boyfriend was unable to attend, and as a single woman, I was heckled by most of the married groomsmen who loudly speculated that I was wearing a thong. Not true, as I was wearing absolutely normal underwear although I don't wear underwear, so I don't know what the big deal is. I decided to abstain from drinking because the groom's crowd made me nervous. While Marianne was on the dance floor, her new husband approached me. Chris was quite drunk and started making sexual comments to me, so I tried to keep the conversation light and got away from him as soon as possible. A year later... A mutual friend of ours got married. Again, Chris got drunk and started having another weird conversation with me while Marianne was elsewhere. Later that night, we were all dancing as a group, and he flipped me over his shoulder. I was extremely uncomfortable and embarrassed, and then avoided him for the rest of the night. Several months later, we went to a festival with friends. While his wife was sitting pregnant across from us, he again started whispering sexual comments to me. Up until recently, I was making excuses for him. My boyfriend said, if he's making you uncomfortable, you're ready. You're reading the situation correctly. Should I tell Marianne that Chris is looking for people outside of the marriage? I'm sure that if he has made advances with me, then he has done this with others. Should I just avoid him at all costs? Or grow a backbone and tell him that I'm not interested, and if he wants to be with other people, he shouldn't be married to my friend? she deserves better so I I've been thinking about that one and oh it's, it's tricky because you know you tell the friend you can wind up easily being the villain I kinda like the idea of having the backbone and telling this guy to F off and own own your behavior and what are you doing to my friend like what is up with this but then I don't it, it's a very tricky situation what do you think you know, I didn't read
1: this one, so oh. it's interesting to hear
0: this. You know, when she said, if he's doing
1: this with me, he's probably do- doing this with someone else. We don't know that for a fact. I think the fact that she set it up when she said that at the beginning when she was the bridesmaid and she, her boyfriend wasn't there and the they were heckling her, the other guys, she was sort of set up already to be... The one, she's like, oh, she's sexy. She's like, she's by herself. She's got no boyfriend. Right. So that's already set there, and that's the way they look at her, and that's the way he, Chris, looks at her. That's a done deal.
0: Doesn't make it right, though. Not at all. Right. It's
1: horrible. I would absolutely tell her friend. You would. There is absolutely... I would, and I don't care at the, at the risk, risk of losing. Of, yeah, I would rather lose my friend for your moral
0: compass. Lose my right. friend
1: and have her be mad at me or call me a liar and say that's not true. I'd rather be with him than watch all of this happening and not have said anything when I could have prevented it. Yeah, I could have prevented. Maybe it ends terribly for her. Right. Probably, and I could have prevented something. And. She sounds like a total Sagittarius. That's all I'm saying. The woman who wrote this letter.
0: Why do you say this?
1: Sagittarians. Sagittarians. Sagittarians are the most forgiving of signs. Oh, my grandmother was. They're a super Sag. forgiving and they think that they can change people and they're they're gonna save people and they're gonna change them and they can't. And they Always find excuses for friends who are assholes and like, well, they didn't mean I it. Know. They didn't mean it. They're very forgiving. Yeah. They let people make fun of them. They let yeah, people they take they, it. They don't they take it over and over again until something happens in their life. Sometimes having a child, I've found they have a child, suddenly they're protective of this child. So if someone is messing with them, they're messing with their kid. Then because they need to be around to protect this child, too. Right. So then all of a sudden they they get better. Right. But it does take some kind of Epiphany in their lives for them to for stand, them to stand, up. stand yeah. up and say, "I'm I'm done with this. I don't need this." Usually, they have to wait till they're in their fifties. It's terrible. It's Not true, always, though, of course, but it happens but it so often. No,
0: I think you're right. Initially, I was kind of like, the, "What about if it was a really super strong friendship, like where that you don't yeah. want to lose? Like, what would you? What would happen?" But Think you're right. What if it was your sister? I would, I would want to know. If, if it was I your would sister, would know. you tell her? I would absolutely tell my sister. Yeah. You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, I would too. I would too. At the risk of losing. Uh, yeah,
0: because yeah. it's better for them to know. Because if yeah. you, when well, you know, in the past when I was dating yeah. and I would find out something, I'd be like, "Why didn't you tell me?"
1: Yeah,
0: I. That's more almost more of a betrayal than you know yeah. not knowing if you yeah. knew and didn't say anything. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, I would absolutely absolutely say something. I right. call him a complete disgusting asshole. asshole. Yeah, yeah,
0: asshole. Fish called Wanda. Great movie. <laughs> Great Kevin Kline. to see that again. Yes, that's the one. I remember laughing in the theater. Well, everybody, I hope you have enjoyed our first podcast of Pockets, and hopefully, you'll join us next time. Until then, be well.
1: Have fun, you guys. I hope you, if you haven't seen any of the movies we talked about. Most especially, you can watch this on Amazon if you haven't seen Angels and Chains in a long time. Charlie's Angels, season one. Oh, Angels the best one. The Do be- not miss it. <laughs> Even the guys listening to this are going to want to see this. They look amazing. <laughs> Chained to each other, running for their oh, lives. Their the- hair, perfect.
0: Perfect. Mascara, not a, perfect. Not a hair no, out perfect. of place. Yeah. Oh, Don't miss it. All right. Bye, everybody. Love you, Fabe.
1: You too. I love you. Bye.